everybody. Welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef podcast from the creators of Read It and Weep, uh, the podcast that only just now realized that people could abbreviate Hidden Valley Ranch HVR, and I'm super jealous we didn't think of it first. I wish this had caught on instead of DVRs, you know, where instead of like recording something for later, you just cover it in ranch. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a, it's from TiVo. It's the brand new Digital Valley Ranch. Ooh, so zesty. <laughs> just all the ranch and none of the commercials. Listen, man, you guys are uh, sleeping on the Valley Ranch uh, industry. Like Silicon Valley, that's where it's going next. It's Silicon all Valley, Valley Ranch. ranch. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> everybody Oculus wants Valley to be the <laughs> PlayStation Valley Ranch. But every other city's trying to get into it, right? So like uh New York is trying to be the Silicon Alley Ranch. Mm. And everyone's trying to get their own. Over here they're trying to be the Silicon Forest Ranch. We have the everyone's... Silicon Beach down here. Silicon Beach Ranch, yeah. Yeah. Um, Very sandy. <laughs> sandy Ranch. Sandy Ranch. <laughs> We actually we well, like I don't know. There's so much to get into, but uh, we're gonna start with a ranch take here. Um, right after I introduce the gang, so the gang is partly here. Um, up in PDX, I'm Alex, and joining me as always is Megan. Hello, hey buddy. Um, also down in LAX, it's uh, new Sarah and Kyle. Hey, hi, Swish, and uh, <laughs> and uh, alone in SFO, I guess or OAK, uh, it's Ezra. Uh, hello. Tum- tumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> Crickets. Most, most people, uh, a lot of people call Portland by its airport name, and people don't do that for a lot of other cities. So I was experimenting with it. I like that. Should we? Although we usually go Burbank, which is B-U-R. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're fancy Bur- people. No, no. It's significantly easier. It's 10 minutes away from our home. It's so much easier. It's easier. To ever, I mean, it's even if you were... In Inglewood, it's probably easier to land in Burbank. It's just such a nice Sweet. little... What? I didn't know you guys were in the valley. We're not. We're in Los Feliz. Eastside. Oh. I thought I didn't know how close to Burbank you were. Uh, you just run around. It's just it's so... It's such us. a... They unload the plane from the back, too, because they're just chill in Burbank. It's a real nice way to fly. You get to walk down a tiny set of stairs or a ramp like you're a movie star. I really like it. You get to look out at the mountains and be like, I'm home. It's really nice. Um, Worth the extra $7 most of the time. Um, So we... Oh, I just want to talk... Before we talk about anything else, I want to talk about ranch. Megan, (laughs) did you have a hot ranch take from one of our listeners? Um, yeah. How did you know? <laughs> wow, That's all we've Alex been talking about this morning. Predicting the future here. Um, yeah, Renee wrote in and uh, sent us a great article on the origin of ranch. Uh, and uh, so it was uh, created by Steve Henson, who was a plumber from the tiny village of Thayer, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. He was working in Alaska and came up with this dressing mix because they didn't have a lot of fresh herbs um, or, you know, fresh, fresh produce and uh, dairy products weren't easy to come by. So he created the the ranch dressing mix. And then uh, in 1954, uh, he and his wife, Gail, moved to California and brought, bought a ramshackle property called Sweetwater Ranch, uh, which they renamed to Hidden Valley. Uh, so they opened it as a guest ranch, and one of the uh, very popular uh, parts of, of the, the experience was that uh, they had a steakhouse, and people were really into this uh, ranch dressing. So, so what you're saying is 
in answer to our question last week, Hidden Valley Ranch really did invent ranch. They really did. This yeah. is not like a seasoning that's been around forever and they just are the most profitable. Ver- HVR is the only ranch. It's the one true ranch, you guys. Yeah. I feel like so many dressings are actually literally named after their creators or where they were them because like... I know the Caesar dressing, like the Caesar salad, was a guy yeah. named Caesar. A guy named Caesar, yeah. And Catalina dressing, I think, is from a like a hotel or a resort on Catalina Island. Wait, wait, wait. Catalina dressing? Yeah. I've yeah. never heard of it. You've dressing. never heard of Catalina? It's what? orange. It's like a red, yeah, it's like a reddy orange. It's kind of sweet. And- it does seem like, especially in the mindshare of this podcast, it has lost out to the ranch world, but Catalina definitely. You know, I'm holding out for that uh, Last Chance Kitchen featuring Catalina dressing. (laughs) (laughs) HVC. I did. Okay, actually, this is something I wanted to go back to. I do not like HVC. It makes me think of HVAC, which is air conditioning, the the duct system thing. Yeah. It sounds like either that or a virus, and I don't care. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. You could get inoculated against Catalina dressing. Yes. Well, so uh, if you, in case you're curious, Catalina dressing is mostly ketchup. Oh, that's why. Isn't it's so that good. most of them? Um, it's like that's like what Russian is, and that's what French like. Uh, right, dressing is like the, they're mostly just like it's just combinations ketchup of mayo. ketchup and mayo. Yeah, yeah. It turns out what we like is oil and vinegar, and that's like mayo is mostly oil, and and ketchup is mostly vinegar and tomatoes. Like you just surprising amount of sugar it also fat and acid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but so yeah. Good. Oh, we boiled it all down. And and people on Reddit say we don't know enough about food. Anyway. Wait, guys, real quick, real quick. So, go, yes. I don't think anyone talks about us on Reddit. They do. Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay, well, I was going to say, and here's, here's this is a relevant food fact, guys. Um, uh, Russian dressing is unknown in traditional Russian cuisine, but Russians call it ketchonaise. <laughs> <laughs> ketchonaise is so. a more descriptive term. Right. Um, uh, anyway, c- continue as you were. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's not that it hurts my feelings. Although it was weird when they when somebody was like, "Yeah, they don't know anything about food." They thought uh, oysters were a vegetable. I think we were making a more interesting point than that about the central nervous system of the oyster. But it doesn't matter. Um, I never read I, the comments, I, Alex. I know. I know. I, I think you should just be surprised that anyone's listened to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, if someone wants to talk about us on Reddit. Go for it, y'all. Yeah. Add us. We're ready. We can handle oh, it. No, don't add us. I just never want to know. <laughs> oh, okay. G- keep talking about us over there. I just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not just a hugely fragile person who needs constant validation from the internet. So let's talk about... It's not what they say about you on Reddit. Season 16, episode 10 of Top Chef. Um, we are uh, finally getting to the true heart of Kentucky... The thing we've all been waiting for, we named it right away. We were like, what's in Kentucky? We know horses, bourbon, Nashville. Tennessee. And and Fort Knox, uh, home of gold bullion. So uh, Chef Ed, back from the caddy season, is on uh, to judge a Fort Knox-based challenge. So the chefs have to... This is basically a challenge based on the fact that bullion is the name of gold and a food item. And uh, that's where they build from. It's really bullion-based. Um, there's a riddle <laughs> aspect, but it's mostly just a pun-based quickfire. 
I mean, Alex, you, you, this seems like shade, but that is like how you pretty much picked the last year of Read and Weep. <laughs> oh, no, I've, I, I've lived my life by this system as well. Um, I, it, just, it just seemed like uh, this one felt like a bit of a stretch. And then the, the oh, elimination. I thought it was so fun. It was fun. It was I totally thought fun. it was really creative. And if the person who created this is listening right now, I just want to say, <laughs> way to go. That was really fun. Did you think the riddles added to the bullion challenge? I liked it. Yeah. Well, I like how it was, most, it was basically a 30-minute cook challenge with like five minutes baked in for you guys solving riddles. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It kind of like yeah. stacked out pretty easily. Easily, like they weren't super hard, and they gave you enough time to get through those. And honestly, I could have. I, I feel we could have done that in two minutes. Yeah, I think yeah, actually bread. the team made it harder. Yeah, I was just yelling bread. <laughs> well, it is hard to say because what like they were all like, "What is money?" Also called, uh, and in and it's basically every kitchen ingredient at some time has been food. Or has been been money. Everything's like no, cheddar, right the first time. lettuce, bread, uh, greens, green greens. Yeah, yeah, collard Dough. greens, cheese. Dough. Dough. Yeah. yeah. See, we could do this all day. Yeah. Spoons, probably. I mean, it's, it's really every kitchen green either basically uh, is made up of you know mayo and ketchup or has been used for money at some point. <laughs> Wasn't the rest of the riddle something about how it's like everywhere in the ancient world? That was the part that I think was supposed to make it clear that it was bread. Oh like, yeah, every yeah, yeah. culture has bread, and it's like one of the first things that was developed. Yeah. Well, what about the lost society of Atkinsisms? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. Point. Um, yeah. So they have to solve it to get into, it, and basically, uh, the end result is them cooking with bouillon, which I think culinarily was kind of an interesting challenge, because um, it turns out it's really easy to ruin your dish with the salt factor um, yes. of, of a cube of chicken candy. And we learned um, that Eric essentially has a doctorate in bouillon. <laughs> he does. Yeah, we were calling him Doctor Bouillon. <laughs> he knows so much <laughs> about Doctor Bouillon. Good DJ so name. Good. Um, all right, I'm replacing that on the document as his primary <laughs> nickname. Uh, yeah. So Doctor Bouillon, he wrote his thesis on how uh, the African cultures use bouillon in their cooking, and he was so ready for this challenge. Oh man! And also, his, like, his, what a cool topic. Yeah. His main secret was skip the water, just put the bouillon cube straight into vinegar, and the acid will cut some of the saltiness. And it mm. did great. I mean, not yeah, as good as Eddie, really but good. great. It, like, it was, to me, the prettiest dish. Yeah, it was. Really, it was beautiful. And, um, yeah, and it wasn't oversalted like Justin, who nearly killed them. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I've never seen Padma make that face. I know. It was a good. It was a challenge day for Padma because she did that, and you saw. Oh my God, she's Padma is such a good host of the show. She looked like she wanted to throw up. She looked down at the ground, took a half second to compose herself, and then said very pleasantly, "Thank you," and then moved on. Mm-hmm. She's a <laughs> professional. It was so profesh, man. I thought that was impressive. Um, do you guys have? Do you do you guys have a lot of bullion cubes around growing up? No, I don't think I, we did. We did. I mean, I think yeah, you always have one that you don't know where it came from. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I not think... counting the traditional I... house bouillon cube. <laughs> <laughs> came, came with it. <laughs> I definitely, squatter's rights. I definitely feel like my mom cooked with bouillon uh, as our main broth yeah. option. Yeah, my mom did too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
we're, we're proponents of the better than bullion now, which I like both because I think it tastes very good and also because I like that the name was chosen as a shit talk. What, what is it? What makes it better? Um, it's a, it's, you guys have never had better than bullion. Okay. No. So this is mostly for you, Sarah, because they're, they're vegetarian, uh, no chicken stock. Chicken flavored uh, is the best vegetarian stock I've had of any kind anywhere. It's amazing. Oh. It's so good. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's it's like a it, you refrigerate it. Yeah, it's in a and jar. And it's a jar it's of a paste. like a pasty, and and you you add a little bit of paste instead of the bouillon cube. But yeah, you just yeah, a little huh. scoop into some hot water, and it makes really tasty veggie broth. Mm-hmm. I definitely it is aggressively salty compared to like if you buy like a box of veg veggie stock. It is not nearly as salty as the better than bouillon, so that's part of it. But yeah, it's its name is like like so cocky. I really enjoy it. Yeah, oh, there's we, a whole class really of food like, like that, right? There's, there's I, can't the, I can't believe it's not butters yeah. of the world. And oh, uh, boxed water is better. Thing. Yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there's, there's a lot of like kind of shade baked into names. I like I guys. like shady food names. Um, I know my friend Caitlin has a joke about how when she was a kid, she would like hide in the cupboard and eat the bullion cubes, and uh, she called them chicken candy. <laughs> Which is anyway, it's great. She just would just be sitting in the corner eating chicken candy. Uh, and then hopefully hydrating very well afterwards because they're real salty. Yeah. Well, your kidneys are like, I mean, no! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she is a kidney stone right now. She is more kidney stone than human. It's it's a good defense, though, against possible like vampires or anyone who would want to eat you because they'd be like, they'd make the Padma face of like, oh, that's, I'm sorry, you've, you've overseasoned yourself. <laughs> I can't. Did you even taste yourself? <laughs> well, I taste the components, but... <laughs> I, you did that one all on your own, man. You took that riff all the way with no, unassisted, <laughs> all the way to the hole. <laughs> Sarah and Kyle are like, you can pass through the rock. Like, no, I got this guy. My rock. <laughs> um, so uh, Eric did great with his secret thesis knowledge, um, uh, but not quite well enough to win. Eddie Money brings it home for his pile of gold-colored vegetables. <laughs> and... and- <laughs> <laughs> we just got to have Happy Eddie for the whole episode, which was my favorite. That was so funny. It was so I good. I was with him when they announced what his prize was, even though Padma had been like, this is a good prize. You want this prize. I still fully didn't. I was like, is he going to be a sub on the sidelines? Like, there's no way they're just letting him not cook. Oh, I thought they're going to do something where like, Eddie, you're now the referee. Yeah. You decide who wins. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, the fact that Eddie... Like actually did not cook led to I think probably my favorite shots of the whole season are just Eddie in the background wandering aimlessly and snacking on something. Uh, <laughs> I want I want that runner going through the rest of the season. Oh, so <laughs> just good! Like, just yeah, Eddie, like they're they're arguing, they're arguing, they're arguing. They turn and then Eddie is just eating an apple alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, like he's also getting like the whole food sushi, which like in my experience is decent but like not, not really good. a good like afternoon snack mm-hmm. but like that's how yeah. he chills while everyone else is stressing out at whole foods as he just <laughs> yeah. gets his little pre-made thing of sushi and a kombucha and sits in the sun it was i feel like it's like it sounds like like the bit is like dad's day off where he doesn't quite know what to do with himself <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand the people who won this challenge got five thousand dollars each so it's true he didn't even get a chance at that i have expe- I, 
a lot of the time when chefs don't when they get a buy as a as a part of a prize they're usually upset like they want to cook they're there to cook this was the first time i've seen someone be like yes he was so stressed oh. out yes. i was i was happy for him that he got a little it, yeah it was so good because he was like this is the happiest i've ever been in the competition which yeah. is like literally the time when you're not in when the you're competition. not in it yeah <laughs> maybe this isn't for you eddie <laughs> I feel well, like w- having that challenge off may have added a year or two to Eddie's life. Yeah, <laughs> he needed that year. Oh man, I I just loved it. I, I especially love that they made him go to Whole Foods. That's so perfect. I wonder if he got the same six hundred dollar budget as the teams. Yeah, I know. He's I like know he had sushi. to buy that sushi by himself. Yeah, yeah that was you know. He had some things. <laughs> like he paid for that. <laughs> we'll get some more lamb. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be great. He has six hundred dollars. He's like, I'll buy two slices of lamb. <laughs> Just for me. <laughs> yeah, it was so fun. Oh, it was so good. I, I mean, I like, I, I lulled uh, multiple times at Eddie. Or when they were like during the challenge in the arena, and they would just cut to Eddie on the. Uh, he was on the jumbotron, and he was just eating blissfully unaware of the show. And he never noticed, as far as they showed either. He was just. It like, was so out. fun. Oh man, um, I love it. I'm so happy for Eddie to be happy, and I like it. I, I'm sad uh, for the people who did not do well in the quick fire, including Michelle's fries with eyes. You guys I've never had that. No, I don't. The I don't name. want. Do not want more. I don't want any meal that I eat to stress how it has eyes. <laughs> yeah, like I want a food product that's like fries, and it's better because it doesn't have eyes. That's Potatoes sh- have uh, eyes. I don't think you'd like. Gouge out eyes fries doesn't sound good to me either. Or blinded fries. That's not fun. <laughs> oh, I need blinded fries. That actually sounds that, that's actually a decent name for something. Yeah, that's like at your mm. Bruce Springsteen like theme restaurant. It's blinded by blinded by the fries. Blinded <laughs> <laughs> Wrapped up like a deuce. Um uh, no? Okay. Huh. Isn't that yeah, the next line? Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, you got like a a bundle of fries wrapped up like a deuce. Isn't that the next line of that song? I think it's actually revved up like a deuce. Rev up like a deuce. Okay, sorry. That makes way more sense. I feel like that... I just got more questions now for the boss. Because I'm not... Listen. Well, you'll have to talk to a secretary. Well, it's a car reference. Yeah. yeah, Revved up like a deuce. You're like revving the engine of your deuce. What's what's my deuce? Great. Now Reddit's talking about how I don't know anything about cars either. (laughs) He thinks his deuce is a vegetable. (laughs) No, well, the deuce doesn't have a central nervous system, so some people I, who are not us are arguing it's vegan. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, other delightful thing for us today, guess who we got as a special guest star in this episode? Tom's Garden. Yeah. 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 We got Chekhov's Garden. Yeah. It we has s- radishes now. Yeah, the radishes. And, and it was all alive. So somebody has been tending it while they were off in Nash Vegas. What PA is out there gardening all day long is what I want to know. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, Just, for sure. I don't, I don't want to derail this garden talk because I do think that it's a prop garden. I don't think those are real plants. But you don't think it's a real... like a deuce. Okay. Okay. <laughs> is shorthand for the 1932 Ford Deuce Coupe. Uh, oh, so little, the is it a little Deuce Coupe? Oh, yes, the same, the self same Deuce Coupe. I would assume. Wait, yeah. is this the Deuce Coupe uh, riot that that we knew about when we were well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's classic again? Deuce Coupe riot. Yep. Throw back a bottle of beer. Um, all right, so we got we got that taken care of. We got the garden back. Let's get into the elimination challenge, boy. Howdy. So when you're like, so we we knew a few things, right? Horses, bourbon. Nashville, Tennessee, 
the Fort Knox and a college. Oh boy, your, your city has a college. That's a unique experience for us to go enjoy. <sighs> they do care about the, the the basketball more than most people. I feel like every more place me, though say. is like we really care about our team. No, 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 no. Uh, I, I am living in a place where we really don't care. So yeah, I think that uh, that's a little dismissive. Kentucky does have a a rabid. Uh, college basketball culture. They don't have a rabid college football culture because their college football teams suck. Uh, but in terms of basketball, they take that too seriously. I just, I mean, like, I, I get it, but also, I do feel like a lot of places would say that. They take it really seriously. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have any basketball challenges in the Portland season or the Seattle season. Well, there was no Portland season, so thanks for bringing that oh, up. My bad. My bad. I just I associate <laughs> oh, that season because there were two Portland chefs that went to like the final four. I was like, oh, that's the Portland season. Yeah, totally. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it should have been. It's our yeah. And then we got punished forever because of BJ. Um. Yeah. Ez, you okay, buddy? Uh, yeah, I just I was trying to mute myself slightly. I did not. And then and then a, whatever the opposite well, of that of was birds came through <laughs> i did mute on the recording so oh so no help? one's gonna have heard that oh gross okay <laughs> well anyway so we're it we're at the university of kentucky uh where in the the format that we all love so much the chefs cook and present on a basketball court few full of many hundreds of top chef fans who could take an entire day off to not wear logos does it sound uh, 4, like I'm salty? They said, uh, yeah, 4, so said forty-two hundred people. Yeah, yeah, which is a good size, although not an arena that probably seats thirty thousand. No, they use like the WWE approach where like they only give a fixed view of one side of the arena. So like, yeah, yeah, that yeah, it's really full. Yeah, but the other side smart. crickets. Yeah, <laughs> um, I if I if, if I sound, sound salty, it's because I use too much bullion and. Because I just hate this format. I just don't like them cooking on stage. The the yelling. It just none of this makes me feel like the food is being cared for. How do you guys feel? Agree, disagree. I thought it was really weird that like somehow their initial kitchen had worse equipment than the kitchen that was set <laughs> up on the floor of the court. court. Yeah. Like yeah, I, this weird. has been an odd season of like the tools being bad. And yeah, they I keep having remote cooks where the things don't work. Yeah, yeah the, the the fryer was not frying, and it's like I don't eating. know if that's a production design issue or like Kentucky just is bad for food. I famous don't, for let's their not do that. Famous <laughs> for their problems. Kentucky's famous for their malfunctioning uh, cooking appliances. Yeah, I feel like Gordon Ramsay needs to come in and buy the whole state of Kentucky new cooking equipment, try to save them from bankruptcy. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so I remember, I was thinking back, uh, I'm sure Meredith, uh, the keeper of the memories could tell us, but, um, there was a season early on where they had all the refrigerators break. Mm. Do you remember this, Megan? They like, they like put all their hot food straight into a bunch of refrigerators, which is too much. And they just overheated and they broke a bunch of refrigerators. So they came back the next day and all the food was spoiled. Yeah, and I they do ac- remember that. And they actually had to like redo the challenge. Um, and I, we've had other ones like uh, last year in the food trucks where some of the food trucks fryers or some, where the gas in general didn't work and they just said to deal with it. So I wonder what the threshold is in the product. Like how much has to break for them to give you some exception? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Because the houseboat one, the, the tenor of the judges when they came around to check seemed to indicate that, like, if things were bad enough, they would have done something. Yeah. yeah. But that was like, yeah, it was like eight hours of somebody working on the electricity. And they yeah. didn't give you any. And in this one, it was just the team was looking at the, like, opening up and working on the inside of the fryer. Like, they didn't even have a tech show up. Yeah, I mean, they figured it out, so I was really glad that didn't ultimately affect it, because I hate it when it's, like, equipment problems. That just feels like, you know, like, that happens, and you have to be able to pivot and recover in any field to a certain extent when things go wrong, but, like, I I just hate to see that be part of the thing that, like, someone Mm -hmm. fails with. So it was nice that didn't factor into the ultimate food. Absolutely. Um, I was actually, uh, I was listening to an interview Tom did on... Uh, Hugh Atchison's new podcast this week called Hugh Atchison Stirs the Pot. I'll throw a link in the show notes. Um, but his first episode is him interviewing Tom. And they were talking about how you end up doing, as a as a famous chef, you do a ton of events and the cooking equipment is almost always broken. It's always like I'm, you're using half a burner in a hallway, but you have to make something work. So I, I think there also might be a bit of a chef-y ethos that's like, if your equipment breaks, tough, tough... Uh, Vegetable that's or meat that starts with tea. Tough T bones. I got there. Tough T bones. Tough turnips. Tough, tough turnips. turkeys. All these are great. Uh. Tough turduckins. <laughs> yeah. So as Tom says, tough turduckins. Um, as how did you feel about this basketball court challenge? I didn't care for it. Okay. Good. I'm glad I'm not alone on this. Ah no. It's just I think it's that like it's eh. Man, yeah, it's it's incongruous. Yeah, sorry, say it again. It's it's in what? Incongruous. Like the challenge wasn't much like basketball. Last Chance Kitchen was actually more like basketball in a way. It was very frustrating. But like this, just took like it almost felt more like a debate competition. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, publicly defending yourself. Well, let's get into the controversy. Actually, I guess it's a good (laughs) time. Yeah, it's actually, it's a very good point that, like, we don't, for most basketball, you don't just have two people, like, sort of, like, uh, have a chance to score at the same time, and then, uh, like, six judges on the sideline just decides who wins. Who had a better shot. It's not really, yeah, that's a different, yeah, it's a different sport entirely. And they were, and they were sort of, it was, they were cooking, like, game day themed food, but they, and they were serving some of it into the stands, but it wasn't, like, the one where they cooked on the baseball field in Boston, where it was supposed to be like this would run in the concession stand. Um, I wish I wish they had done it actually, where it had to have been thrown into the stands literally. <laughs> yes, you know, you have to f- like, you have to cook t-shirt cannon ready food. Yes, <laughs> just a bunch of burritos. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! Shoot burritos out of a t-shirt cannon, Top Chef. <laughs> Oh, I love that so much. Um, so it's like the episode, uh, man. I uh, also, um, do you guys remember when they were in? Uh, they went to the, the space center and they had to make food that could literally go to the space station. Oh, where was that? Was that Atlanta? No, uh, DC. It was DC. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, there is rocket production in Atlanta. Reddit, stay off me. Anyway. Um, now, I'm just so self-conscious every time I say something dumb. Wait till you guys hear about my thoughts on chili powder later. The, oh, my God. Anyway, um, yeah, it was in D.C. They made food for NASA that had to be ready to go into space. It's like that, but with a T-shirt cannon. Um, so let's talk about the controversy. So basically, they have to make kind of basketball-themed food. Two teams prefer- prepared three fried chicken dishes 
plus ribs, dainty dumps, and a burger with a bun or without a bun. Sorry, burger without a bun. Um, but uh, in a the shade throwing incident, there were two chickens and waffles. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> <Aww>, buddy. <laughs> I mean, I I just I have a I have a kid now. You do. Just, she's independent of yeah. To this. Uh, yeah. Well, this time to whimper. Yeah, you can keep on going. Maybe it'll just like. It either play well or it won't. Yeah, I'm sure she's not going to love the flock of birds flying around your apartment. Um, or, <laughs> sorry, house. I hate to. I feel like I disrespected you. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's not how we, Alex. We have never played that way. All right, <laughs> no, get in here and get a group hug. Oh, pop all right. Up. Let me just pop summarize up. the controversy and get it to people. So, uh, chicken and waffles. Two different people, Adrian and Sarah. And uh, Sarah used a box wa- waffle mix, whereas... Really, it was really in a bag. A bagged waffle mix. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> that would have been the best thing that she could have ever... Oh, it would have been a very good comeback. I, didn't, use like, a box I didn't get a box. Oh. It was not in a box. It wasn't. It was a, clearly a bag. Dummies. Um, oh. Yeah, so she used she used a pre-mixed waffle powder. Uh, um, and uh, Adrian did not. And... It's so there. Well, okay. So this is already taking a bit of a side, but Adrian did not actually start the shade throwing or the bus undering. It was uh, Tom. Tom really wanted to start some trash talk, and he did it. Uh. He he did it at first. He was like, "Oh, you'd be surprised what some people will do." That's not a boxed waffle, is it? And then later at the mic was like, "There's some trash talk about your boxed waffle." Like. Tom was but, the most well, stirring of no, the pot. He, no. He, no, but, no, no, but she, that's, she, that's looking okay. back the wrong uh, way. All right, one at a time. Everybody be mad at me. Ezra, you start. Okay, so he did sort of like lay a trap, but she definitely did like go into it because like, she could have like stopped the conversation, but she was like, well, I did hear that some people on the other team did use, yeah, Maya knows, did use uh, a box waffle. She and he's like, well... Yeah, like so, she could have kind of, just stopped when she said, I didn't come here to make stuff out of a box. Like, that would have even been fine. That's so, yes, I, I am not saying that she did not walk into the trap, but Tom laid the trap and then brought it up on the microphone, which caused the chanting. So, I still yeah. think Tom was an instigator. The instigator. Yes, he is making reality TV. <laughs> um, but it's the sort of thing, you know, I think it's like what, what, what Chef Jim said, where it's like, you know, that, 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 like, that you know, if you want to be sort of like the like the author of your own story, right? Like that, like you, you they they can't play you saying this if you don't actually say it. So you kind of have yeah. to be aware. That's, that's very true. Very yeah. true. And also, Adrian started her statement with, "Listen, I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus." But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one of those. That's one of those statements that, as you say it, you still have an out. Like you, if you just you can stop now, anytime. You still have time. Yeah, it's, it's like that. Look, I'm not racist, but yeah, yeah. Stop anytime, in here. You're, you still got it. <laughs> You're hang on to it. Um, Megan, what did you think? I just thought the whole thing was unfortunate. Like it was just, uh, I didn't think that. I really didn't think that Adrian had any uh, malice behind what she was saying. I, 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 I felt like uh, she, you know, she. I mean, when she said that, she was like, you know, I don't know exactly what their plans are for this mix that they bought. Um, and yeah, I think that's when she was trying to walk it back a little. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, um, and I, th- I think she really did think it was in good fun, but then just in the stadium atmosphere and, you know, the fact that this was, uh, 
Sarah's home state and, you know, sort of her team and, um, you know, just having all of those people like it just what what was sort of innocuous at first just got sort of blown out of proportion. Um, And so at first I was really I, I just felt for everybody, but I really didn't, you know, I really didn't blame Adrian. But then I felt like when they were having the conversation later and Adrian was like, well, I didn't buy a boxed mix or whatever. I I felt like she, she could have handled that better. Like, you know, said like, Oh, you know, I didn't mean anything by it and I'm sorry. Like she she, clearly kind of, yeah, she kind of did mean it. And so, um, I, I don't know. Like it was, it just, it, but the whole thing just felt like it got blown out of proportion so much. Um, and like no one really, really did mean to hurt anyone's feelings, but, um, I, I can, feel like I can like, understand how everyone felt except maybe Tom, did. but everybody else, I don't think meant to hurt people's feelings. Like and Justin made it way worse by getting the crowd chanting, but also was like, I felt like that was in the spirit of this dumb challenge in front of people and was him trying to be fun, which you get like rewarded for on the boat party. And they just, he just like unthinkingly took it too far, but was not trying to hurt her feelings. Yeah, I don't, exactly. Yeah. So, I don't know. And I'll say like throughout, I was empathizing so hard with Sarah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not to say that she was uh, not horribly put upon in this situation. I feel terrible for her. It was Mm -hmm. like, she was living a dream of being like that connected to like your favorite basketball team and Mm -hmm. something that's like connected Mm -hmm. to your home. And to have that turn into something where instead of being celebrated, you're actively booed by more than a thousand people. Like that, just the fact of like people who were your friends leading a thousand people and heckling you is such a like emotional experience. And also like questioning her skills because I'm I'm going to put this out here. I have zero problem with that mix being used. Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about that too, for sure. pointed out. It's not it, it's not anything fancy. When you get pancake or waffle mix, literally all it is is the dry ingredients you would have to buy separately, put in together, and maybe like a tiny bit of flavoring. As she said, yeah. she was adding things to it. She did that for uh, convenience timing. and timing, which I think yeah. is actually totally smart. We've had yeah, people buy pasta on there, which I think is significantly different. Well, and, and we've had... We've had people buy frozen waffles like a number of times. And And I feel like that was the actual controversy in previous seasons was a frozen waffle, not a boxed or a bag of uh, pre-mixed. Yeah, boxed waffle versus boxed waffle mix, I think, is a very different story. Um, This is not an ego. It was just flour and baking powder already and i don't and it was just so sad that her waffle was a little soggy because it wasn't the fault of the mix but it made the problem feel worse if her waffle had been just as good then no one would have been like well adrian clearly adrian won because she hand stirred the baking powder like that's definitely not what made her waffle win so it's just super sad that it didn't go better well there was some i did think of a way Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, there was some comment about the flavor of uh, Sarah's waffle, though, right? Or... It wasn't bad. Oh, I, I thought, thought that... it was just a little yeah. soggy. I thought it was, or maybe a little bland. I thought there was mm. a, a blandness to it. I will but... say aesthetically, Adrian's waffle looked better, just because mm. I prefer the sort of like waffles that have the uneven like edges that are like different colors instead of like the evenly brown sort of college. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dining hall style waffle. Sure, that the just... d- days in Express. Yeah. Waffle. 
So I, I, I will give I will give that to Adrian's waffle mix, but I'm not sure if that's a product of the mix or how mm-hmm. long they were like kind of cooked for. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine that that was just the mix. There's other or like because she was adding things to the mix too. It wasn't that she just made the waffle straight. Megan, do you have a mailbag comment on this as well? Oh yeah, uh, Adrian wrote in. Uh, different Adrian. Hi, different Adrian. Adrian. <laughs> Presumably. <laughs> Um, uh, well, especially since Adrian wrote, it's easier to buy the box stuff for a competition and not have most of a container of baking powder left, <laughs> which I, I appreciated that because yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't like to have food waste. A, it's wasteful. a big yeah. container of something that I'm not going to use most of. So. Yeah. Well, Cause it's tough to eat on its own. Yeah. You know, usually you have to have it with something. <laughs> Need like some bread or something with You it. said that like tough, yeah, but exactly. not impossible. Nothing's impossible. <laughs> um, I my, my thinking was like the best possible response that Sarah could have given was like she was like oh yeah it's boxed I believe it's a it's Hidden Valley brand uh, <laughs> yes I definitely noticed that after like right after this whole thing concluded Tom was like make sure you use some Hidden Valley Ranch in your dish this <laughs> uh, yeah, is the GE monogrammed uh, uh, waffle mix by BMW so yeah she, she gets in the car uh, BMW give me waffles. Now, how could they, how could they crap on it then? <laughs> Sorry, what did you say, Sarah? Now driving two waffles. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, I yeah, it was so sad. It was also sad because she was clearly wrecked, and I totally understand it. Um, and she expected she was going to go home. Um, I guess if she had known that Michelle was leaving, she might not have been as hurt. Um, and it almost seemed like to me, at least, it seemed like Michelle was surprised she was leaving. Because she liked her ribs, and also because Sarah seemed confident she was leaving. Um, so, the, yeah, Here, here's a question I want to know. Nope. Like, they didn't flat out say that have someone say this, but it was kind of implied that if Sarah had gone first against Adrian, she probably would have won because it was implied that they liked Sarah's chicken and waffles more than Adrian's as a combination. As like a, as a dish, they were like the fried chicken's amazing. Yeah, the waffle has issues, and with like agents, they're like, we really like your waffle. The chicken's good. Yeah. So I, I, it seemed like they were trying to, without having someone say it on camera, they were implying that Sarah's probably would have beaten Adrian's, and if they had gotten her dish out first, maybe Kelsey's dumpling would have beaten one of the other two dishes. Yeah, that's mm, yeah. super. I wish we'd gotten to see the chicken waffles go head to head, so they could talk to them about them both at the same time. Well, and well, then the waffles probably wouldn't have been as uh, as soggy, right? Because it was like a yeah, timing. yeah. Because yeah. there was a timing. I mean, it, it, so part of this does go back to the fryers not working in the back, right? Maybe that's why they had to wait a little bit on the chicken, right? Because she had to fry it on the court. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's a good point. I think it's a very good point. Um, the uh, all of this, the 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 head to head. Excuse me. The head-to-head nature of this made it really weird too, because you had three head-to-head challenges. Uh, each team, uh, one team won one. The losing team won one. So you knew at the elimination time, it's not Kelsey. Yeah. Right. So it, it when it came down to the 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 final elimination, it was it like Sarah might not have been there if she'd been against a different dish. The whole team might not have been there. But also because one of you, it was, only, it was an elimination was just one of you two. And they definitely had more nice things to say about Sarah's chicken regards to the waffle than they did about um, they liked the sauce, but not the meat uh, for Michelle. So Michelle is the second time this year out of 10 episodes where 
there's a winner's curse from last week. Yeah. She had the wind hangover and had to go for a home for her soggy ribs. Her wet, they ate wet. Yeah, Tom clearly did not like these ribs. He did like, not care for it. It it seemed like, I don't know, it, it didn't seem as bad during judges' table, but then like his comments after she lost, like when you know, they're shaking hands at the end and he's like, yeah, those ribs are just real bad. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then a weird Tom in last, post-credit in, shade in, moment. In Last Chance Kitchen, he was like, you know, <laughs> your dish just really was not good. Yeah, <laughs> he's he like, upset about wow. the ribs. I don't know. So, Well, yeah. if I can add a, a, a real quick bit of context before you guys, um, which is that also I listened to the, so this, this, ep- this interview I heard with Hugh Atchison, one one of the good Top Chef nuggets was that Tom basically said it's too easy to make delicious food at this point. Like people know how to do it. It's just not that impressive. And so as a judge, he always goes technique first, then composition, and then flavor. I guess because, that makes sense. Because people are just really good at knowing you put some umami, salt, some uh, sweetness, uh, decent. It's delicious. We just know how to make delicious food, and so that which we've always yeah we've always thought with him is that he hates if you cook your meat wrong more than anything else. Yeah, that's really interesting. But I like that he has his own like internal calculus for it too. And yeah, absolutely. I will say that really lines up with all the feedback that he gives. So. Absolutely, yeah. So it, it's clear in that case that he's going to be more upset about badly cooked ribs with a delicious sauce than great chicken over slightly off waffle slightly awful off waffle. i can't do it um yeah it's fine thanks as uh, as what were you gonna say i just i want more of those like tom moments of his like sort of like this is a chance where you could say something nice but you won't <laughs> like i just like picturing him like like i don't know like <laughs> like if he's like a doctor sort of like you know, coming out of like this surgery he's like yeah yeah sorry your your husband died because his heart wasn't really strong enough and uh, and that's why he, he stopped living <laughs> And, you know, and just, yeah, you have like the handshake. as the handshake, just <laughs> as he said, really terrible heart, just <laughs> just a bad heart. I mean, it's one of the worst hearts I've seen. But we'll see you in we'll last chance hospital. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so uh, tragically, uh, my my first pick, Michelle, is gone uh, off into last chance body. But first, uh, it's time for. Yeah, feel it. Uh, it's how did you find it's Megan's mailbag? Oh yeah, you were gone last week, guys. Uh, a, a listener found it for us. A listener dug it up, passed it along. It's a song called uh, Passion. Or it's, it's a song called the Rigga Digga Ding Dong song by Passion Fruit. Of course. <laughs> I also want to say a fun story about hearing that here in LA. Literally, when you started playing the song, the sun came out. So just saying. Oh. That's amazing. Yeah, we did that. We did that. It's the, the power of passion fruit. Um, uh, well, Megan, what's in your bag? Yeah. Uh, Danielle writes in. Danielle says, um, uh, Ed was a, uh, the guest judge. Yeah, Ed, Ed. Uh, was a standout from what was a pretty nasty season. The one with all the bullying and mean girl behavior. And I'm glad he's doing well. Yeah. I totally forgot what season that. was that. Yeah, I was just about to Google that before you could say it. But I've, uh, I've forgotten. I'm sorry. Forget um, everything, guys. <laughs> oh, he was from Texas. Oh, 
okay. Well, that's yeah. Texas. I blocked a lot out because it was so unpleasant. Honestly, yeah. and I will say this: like, I don't know if we've said this on the show before, but uh, the chef that was like mean girled out and like came back, Beverly, uh, has yeah, one of the best restaurants in Chicago. Yeah, oh. she has like a Korean restaurant. Her favorite restaurant, I would say, in Chicago. That like has been there for like four or five years now, and it is truly one of the best restaurant experiences we've ever had. Um, I awesome. am super interested in that. I definitely would be. I'm assuming not a ton of vegetarian food, but that I oh, liked her a lot. a lot. Oh, really? Oh man, I'm in. We, we next time I'm in Chicago for sure because that I I liked her a lot, and I feel like people were so terrible to her. It was just I was thinking about this when uh, Danielle wrote about this. I was like, oh yeah, that season, and I we just have not had a season like that. Yeah. In a long time, I, it, it's just been so much more positive recently, and that's been really good. Oh yeah, yeah. Air we hugs. didn't even talk about this, but like the the stew room while they were discussing the awkward fight today, where Michelle gave, before getting eliminated made this speech to everybody like we are. We don't bicker and undermine each other. We are here to lift each other up, which is such an incredible thing to say during a competition. And then she forced everyone to hug. It was really great. Yeah. I really and liked Sarah, it. Sarah also speaking to my like personal self, it's like, I'm going to pass on this for now. Yeah. Not me, Sarah. Chef Sarah. <laughs> Chef Sarah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, how nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it yeah, it was a very interesting moment. But yeah, this is just such the opposite of people fight. This is a kind girls moment. Yeah. Um, Danielle is also uh, really glad to see Eric Eric win uh, this episode. So yeah. glad he's doing well and hoping he makes it to the finale and goes off with a super fancy West African influenced meal. Yeah. Just I want there to be more bullion in it. I just want Dr. B- I, I think, I, I mean, especially given today's outcome, I think heavy top two favorites are Dr. Bullion and uh, Kelsey Barnyard. I, uh, especially because she, because Kelsey made incredible dumplings. They were so beautiful. And, and Ed was like. We didn't even know she did that. And she even said, my secret superpower is dumplings. Like, you, this is episode 10 and you introduced us to your dumpling abilities? That's great. I mean, you don't want to, yeah, you don't want to have your bust out your secret superpower too early. No. But I think she could probably legitimately do it again in a finale as well if she wanted to. At this, oh, point. definitely. Oh, and she will. Yeah, I think I think the two of them and, and anybody else, and I'm happy in the finale. This is like Chef Joe Flam uh, busting out his like Riverstone pasta in the yeah. like, second to last episode. Like, yeah. you want you want to keep your magical stones close to your chest and like probably a velvet pouch. Yeah. What, uh, guys, guys, uh, discussion question. It, let's say you are like fantastic at any single one food mm-hmm. thing. Um, I guess like what would you want it to be and when would you bust it out? Oh, I have an easy answer for this because I'm trying to master it currently. Yeah. Ooh. Macaron. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I would want for to bust sure. it out before like someone's like baby shower or like bridal oh, shower yes. or something where yeah. they're feeling stressed and I'm like, I want to help you out by bringing something and then I can like, bust out these like beautiful cookies oh, and whatever it. like the color theme is for the yes. party. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my exactly. gosh. So, so nice. I think mine would be a uh, soft egg. Um, like a poached egg cool. or a, just the, the, we, we were watching some more uh, final table on Netflix where, and there's, they'll make a pasta, like a, a stuffed pasta where the stuffing is just an egg yolk. And then they make a, it's a good one. It's so cool. And then the, and then the, uh, 
the host makes a big deal like now we're gonna crack into each of these pastas separately and see if all of them have a perfect egg in the middle and they like crack crack oh we did it and then the next one and and so yeah i want my egg yolks are always perfect and i when would i bust it out breakfast (laughs) (laughs) every breakfast does anybody else have an answer to that that's a fun question I think I'd want to make, like, a really good blended sausage. Like, I don't know how I could, like, make it. I, I just want to, like, experiment with sausages for years on end to come up with, like, the perfect blend of, like, pork, beef, and, like, I don't know, duck mm-hmm. and spices to make, like, an amazing sausage. Yeah. Can you can you just take a whole turducken and, and then blend that? Possibly. I don't know why. <laughs> Like, why do you put them inside uh, I mean, each other before you blend them, as? Yeah, uh, what, well, I didn't come here to <laughs> not put animals inside of other animals. Uh, well, if you, if you didn't come here, you still have to. It's tough turducken, as. You gotta do it. <laughs> uh, do we have anything else in the bag that we want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, so last uh, episode of the podcast, we were talking about... Um, you know, Nashville, uh, the fact that it's not in Kentucky. Uh-huh. Uh, we were trying to name other cities in Tennessee. Uh-huh. Um, I think Kyle helped us out with a couple. Yeah, we, had, yeah, we got uh, there eventually. Uh, Donna points out that uh, Memphis is also in Tennessee. Uh-huh. We should Good have point. gotten Memphis. That's so funny. Wait, you guys didn't get Memphis? <laughs> we didn't get Memphis. <laughs> That's the one place oh, I've been to in no. Tennessee. I should have been on this episode. Yeah, it would have been nice. <laughs> Uh, Donna Donna uh, is from Memphis and and says Memphis does not recognize Nashville as a part of Tennessee, so maybe Kentucky can take them in. <laughs> yeah, so. that's nice. Maybe just like slide it over. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry we disrespected your town. <laughs> I think it's a city. Uh, I don't know anything. Damn it again! I did it. <laughs> your metropolis. Look, I'm so sorry we were we slighted your crappy village. <laughs> oh, not helping. <laughs> Alex, stop. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Brian, uh, oh. who is uh, Dr. Pilot of the show. Dr. Pilot. What's uh, up, Dr. Pilot? Does he know Dr. Bullion? No, un- unaffiliated. <laughs> I don't know if every doctor... Uh, I mean, no they, obviously, they go to the same AMA meetings, but... Um, yeah, they've probably <laughs> met at a conference, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um. A doctor pilot of the show is from Denver and yeah. says uh, there's a new highest restaurant in America. Uh, this is at 12,456 feet. If you'll remember last season, yes. they cooked at uh, the top of a, a mountain. and they, yeah, they had to cook in the uh, high mountain in Denver. I think it was at the time was the highest in the country. Um, but that was the one where uh, um, our uh, British friend... Who cooked in a space station? Yeah, who claimed yeah. to have cooked at at, at seventy thousand feet? Um, yeah, so this is yeah. this is close. And doc, yeah, Doctor Pilot suggested it must be at forty thousand mm-hmm. in order to be the highest restaurant ever. Right, right. Uh, so this is an in, Telluride. In Telluride, yeah. So if anyone wants lovely. to like have a hard time uh, breathing, <laughs> if you want, if you want to be slightly out of breath <laughs> and commute to a restaurant entirely by chairlift. <laughs> Then you can. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, 10,000 feet is where stuff gets pretty real, right? I think I bet stuff gets real before 10,000 feet. Um, yeah, I don't like, have just, really This is real altitude, now. But 
My sister definitely does, and I feel like she'll start turning absolutely ash gray if she goes up a big hill. So I think it's pretty variable. <laughs> yeah, twelve thousand seems pretty tough. Yeah. Um, I, the like, I, what is it? Is twenty thousand the death zone? Hmm. I, I don't know. I don't want to Google that. I, I I'm pretty sure yeah, it's. I'll, you know, I'll take it's a flyer on it. It's usually in meters when people talk about Everest. Anyway, Everest is thirty thousand. Uh, Bing, where is the tall. death zone? <laughs> yeah, Everest, what are you doing? Too tall, we agree. Cut it down a little bit. Actually, one of the reasons why it's ever, it's so much easier to summit now is because there was an earthquake and part of the mountain fell over, and now it's much easier to climb. Well, and anyway. everyone just hires people to carry all of their stuff. Yeah, and mostly they carry you up there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, fun Everest <laughs> It's facts. a commercial enterprise, and it shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you're in this. I have so many strong feelings about Mount Everest. Oh, I've uh, listened to my father like talk about this issue like ad nauseum. He's a big yeah. into thin air guy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did a I did a presentation in San Francisco last week about how, or a couple weeks ago about how much I hate Mount Everest, and I've been thinking about it since then and you working don't on hate it. it. So, yeah. I love it, and I think people should treat it with more respect. Yeah, yeah, not the mountain; it's the climbing that I hate. Because there's uh, so there's like a graph. If you were make a graph guys. of like as things get less dangerous and they also get less impressive. Um, but there's like, or as, I guess as they get safer, they get less impressive. But there's this middle point uh, I call the douche zone where it's still very dangerous, but also not impressive. And that's where Everest is right now. It's like, no one's that proud of you. And also you're going to people like 12 people die every year. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, more Everest knowledge later. Come at me on Reddit. Uh, um, hey, fun fact, guys. Uh, I've been muted for like the last like five or ten minutes. I didn't realize. No, it, no, so it was just there's some. It some, was just two minutes, and it was because uh, of the baby. Okay, well, either way, if I said something hilarious and you didn't laugh, that was why. <laughs> no, I, I think we got everything that you said. It was just the. It was some some of the background noise. That was just. How do you know? Well, because I was watching your waveform, and it's higher when you talk than when Abby talks. Uh, anyway. Abby's our niece. Or sorry, not Abby. Uh, Maya. <laughs> Abby's the other baby in my life. Wait, do you just forget to rebrand my kid? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird that her name is, is better than Abby. I don't even know why. <laughs> um, okay, well then, cool. Yeah, you're good. Keep, uh, keep it going. Well, as you were just asking um, if what dish we would have, to, you know, ready to go um, to impress mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking on the last episode of my, about my love of goldfish crackers. Oh, yes. Uh, and Brian uh, gave me an idea. He says, I feel like one of Megan's goldfish three ways has to be a goldfish panzanella. So uh, panzanella. I'm going to work on that. A yeah. running Ooh. theme of this season of Top Chef for us. Oh, yeah. Adrian tried to make a panzanella without bread, and I yelled, don't call it a panzanella. <laughs> be so mad. Uh... It's a Sanzanella. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that either. Okay. I was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> you, you would have put out the dish either way, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but I liked that it tasted good. Exactly. It's sort of like as, as, yeah, as like the runner was taken, you like stuck, kind of stuck a finger in it and you're like, hey, not terrible. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, one more? Yeah, finally. Um, uh, at Hannah V on Twitter uh, notes that um, there's a... Uh, people people.com uh, uh, food uh, section uh, sexiest chef alive competition mm, uh, finally yeah <laughs> kind of notes that there's there's kind of a problem with the the framing of this because uh, 
you know, they don't specify that it's male chefs. Um, they just say sexiest chef alive. Oh. Uh, but oh. I, and without just assuming that chefs are male, which is kind of a problem on, on people's side. Yeah. But um, there are two top chef contestants in the top 10. Uh, so Eric from this season yeah. and also uh, Louis Maldonado from uh, 2011. I, or from uh, season I, 11, rather. Sorry. No, no, no. From Tesla, yeah. Can we do a sexiest chef dead competition? No. No. Oh, that's... (laughs) (laughs) Glad we're in agreement on that. (laughs) Fair enough. Um, I... Um, I... I, this is, it's weird. It is problematic that it's all men. It would also be weird to have a competition of sexiestness with both men and women involved. Well, just calling it chef. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah is totally. Hannah's point that that's a little weird. No, it's, so. a, it's a totally good point. Also, I am going to put this link in the show notes along with the other links. However, People Magazine, a, an article in a magazine should not have an auto playing video. And I am. I want this website to not exist anymore. I don't know how the internet still allows this to exist. Uh, I'm so mad now. Video? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's very distressing. It, uh, Auto video, video is what allows the internet to exist because the ads. Yeah, I know. If, if you're, but if you're, okay, I think it, there, uh, this is my theory of the internet is there should be a video. And if you click play, it's like, are you sure? Like it, you sh- it should doubt you because nobody wants this. Nobody wants this. Anyway, focus. That was Megan's mailbag. Thanks, Megan. Mailbag. Uh, let's see. If you want to send us mail, you can hit us up at mailbag at packyourmics.com. We're also available on Facebook and Twitter and the web. And you can now submit mailbag on Instagram at packyourmicspod on Instagram. We're on Instagram now. Mostly. Are we in? Are we an influencer yet? Not yet. Um, mostly. Please invite us to your uh, very fancy party that doesn't turn out to be so great. <laughs> no, but invite yeah. us to actual Bottle Rock. <laughs> we, <laughs> oh man, uh, I want the I want to go to Bottle Rock just to see that part where uh, Richard Blaze makes ice explode um, from the intro. That seems like a good fun. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I would take a knockoff Bottle Rock where it's like Rock Bottle or just like I don't know. Pebble if you hit rock bottle. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. We, but anyway, send us to the Fire Festival. We're excited. We have Instagram. But we're mostly it's because I wanted to follow a bunch of chefs and not worry about spoilers. But also, we'll take mailbag submissions there. Um, it feels weird to me that we are on a picture uh, social media thingy and we are definitely an audio medium. That, well, that seems incongruous. Agreed. Until now. <laughs> We're we're also pictures. Um, so, a couple more quick things, and we'll get out of here. So, first off, uh, no chance kitchen. Uh, Michelle has dropped in on David to have another basketball themed challenge. As you all know, the shot clock is the only reason basketball is good. And Kyle, do you want to explain why? What? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm watching. I'm actually watching a basketball game at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But was it auto playing? Is that why? Do you want to explain the shot clock? Yes, the shot clock was instituted because Dean Smith at the University of North Carolina had the four corners offense that was so frustrating. They invented a rule that forced you to turn the ball over <laughs> after thirty. Five seconds. I think it was originally thirty-five seconds. Then it's, and it's gradually it, gotten less. Not just annoying, but also like painfully boring to watch. They would just get the ball, hide in the corner, and not play basketball. <laughs> no, 
no, they'd pass it. They wouldn't like hide. They'd pass it around. So like they kind of controlled uh, the flow of the game. I mean, I will say it was like it's the shot clock is a great addition, but I, I have to defend the four corners offense because it's part of UNC history. Kyle's yeah. a UNC grad for some context about why he is passionate about oh, basketball and also why he hates Wait, UK so much. Yeah. Wait, uh, Kyle, was it possible? I guess could I have done like say like I don't know. Uh, before shot clock, just taking the ball and just waited for like 47 minutes and like 50 seconds and then shot once and one, two to nothing. Um, I don't think you could stand in one place. You'd still have to kind of like be moving and passing the ball. But yes, there, there were like games that before the shot clock would be like 10 to fi- score of like 10 to 15. Like it, it well, drastically different. Game. It was so it was so bad. Yeah, and so the shot clock was like, what if we took the perfect score, just like a hundred points, and divided it by how many minutes, and then that's how long you have to shoot because we want this to be a perfectly fun game to watch. This guy, I, I I think it's a it's a very cool story in the history of sports. I think it's really interesting. There was a ESPN thirty for thirty audio documentary about it. I think. Uh, uh no no it was ninety nine percent invisible. Anyway, there was a great right. podcast about it, but. M- in the way it applies to chefs is that each chef only gets 30 second shot clock with the knife. There's only one knife in the kitchen and they each get 30 seconds at a time to use it before they have to turn it over. Um, yes. And also the, the requires- knife is a metaphor for a basketball. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you gently hand it to the other person? So yes. that's, that's not to stab them. That made uh, me really worried, by the way. Oh, yeah. I was so scared for stabbing. Yeah. yeah, I love the like David running safely with the knife pointed behind him, kind of like it was a wand, <laughs> like, <laughs> pushing him forward. Yeah. Does does this mean, guys, that we could just put a thirty second shot clock timer on anything that we think is taking too long in our lives? I mean, you I mean, people that use option. this strategy. Yeah. You're like, to, I, what would you guys put a shot clock on? Okay. So figure out the thing that you're doing that takes too long, and then make it perfect by adding a shot clock. Yeah, or just in in life. Like for example, uh I uh I think like presidential like you know, like like primaries are just too long. So if we could put like a thirty second shot clock on it. They would just talk just, like, over you, at the end of it. That's what they do in the debates. They put a timer on it no, and no, 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 no. the that. whole the whole primary season takes thirty seconds, uh, is what I'm trying to say. I would guess that would <laughs> produce worse outcomes. Um would it <laughs> I actually have a strong feeling. I, I know exactly what I'd put a shot clock on, and Let's it'd be it. like ordering food at any place that's like a line-based. Oh, nice! System. Oh, so sure, like, yeah. you yeah, can't you spend seconds. more than thirty minutes explaining what you want to order because you should have come up with what you want before you get to the front of the line. I also feel, yeah, I'd, I'd put a thirty-second shot clock on ordering ice cream. I don't feel like you need to taste what this vanilla is like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You've had ice cream. You know what um, these flavors are. Just just eat it. Ooh, I got one. Conversations with neighbors around trash cans. <laughs> 30 seconds is definitely Is it going to snow? I don't think so. And then you're out. <laughs> well, see ya. <laughs> uh, I like it. Uh, so they also have to include some uh, Hidden Valley Ranch, a little HVR in their dishes. David makes meatballs with uh, full slices of bread inside. And Michelle's <laughs> tiny ears covered in chili. Almost a Cincinnati chili experience, but not quite. Uh, narrowly <laughs> ekes out. Yeah, uh, we almost got through a whole episode without Cincinnati chili. 
Well, <laughs> just you wait for the chili incident coming up in our last segment. Um, <laughs> there's a whole debacle. Um, anyway, uh, I thought besides the people worried about getting stabbed, it was a it was pretty uh, clear cut last chance kitchen. Um, obviously, it was fun because the bread not getting knifed properly is what caused David's downfall. So he didn't actually like the shot clock mattered was kind of nice. Well, couldn't he have used like I know some meatball recipes say like just put your bread in like a um uh a food, food processor, processor. But I think that mm-hmm. counted as a blade. Yeah, wh- so they didn't what have is a food either. processor but a spinning knife? Yeah, maybe that maybe it wasn't allowed. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought of a fun technique. I wanted one of them to use during the bouillon challenge because they were not allowed to use any other seasonings. I wanted someone to like use like a planer and like do a little shaved. Uh, over the like as a finishing salt, a little shaved bouillon. I thought that would have been cute. No one did it. Uh, but uh, Michelle did grate it. Oh, she did grate it. Yeah. I, I thought that was what she was oh. grating. I wasn't sure. Well, I missed it. She did exact. Good job, Michelle. You're still my favorite. <laughs> exactly as I hoped. Man, how did I miss that? I was so excited, waiting for it to happen. I didn't even see it happen. Yeah. There was some grating. Okay. Nice. Perfect. Was, yeah. Um. Uh. Anyway, Michelle is still alive with one more to go. Uh, before she might be able to get back in the competition. So, although looking at the six remaining chefs, it's not going to be an easy week next week, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. So that is uh, Last Chance Kitchen. And now for our final segment of the day, it's time for tasting notes. Tasting Notes is our uh, new segment where we talk about food that we have eaten in our real lives that is related to two things coming up on the show. And Megan and I had two separate uh, Top Chef uh, recipe or adjacent recipe uh, experiments this week. First of all, we made puppy chow for our Super Bowl party last week. Yeah, guess what? Um, Making puppy chow is really expensive. (laughs) In fact, you might spend almost half of your grocery budget your normal <laughs> weekly food budget on, on one bowl of cereal <laughs> um, um it was a little expensive well also so so kelsey put the recipe which she has changed the name to key lime crunch and she put the recipe up on her instagram but it was there were she did two different versions that had different measuring systems and it's clear it was just a it was a chef recipe and not a home cook home recipe. recipe yeah so the initial recipe was like enough to serve a basketball stadium um because we did one eighth of the recipe and it lasted for six days at, like in, <laughs> after the party together. well and you kept taking it to like other groups of people yeah yeah so we had a super like, bowl yeah. party and then i brought it to class and then i brought it to game day in or and it uh we still had some at home after so it was too much and that was an eighth of the recipe she used so that's one of the reasons it was so expensive is we made way too much of it um <laughs> i feel like you could, I mean, like, doing her recipe, that's really fun. I feel like there's a lot of puppy chow recipes just on the internet that would be yeah. significantly cheaper. Checks, oh, checks yeah, yeah. Muddy Buddies is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, so it's basically, it is a lot like a Muddy Buddies um, or like a Sweet Chex Mix. Uh, it is, it, it was quite good. I thought it was good. Yeah, um, there was some technique that... Um, we blew it on the one technique. Yeah, there's, so she put some lime into melted white chocolate and it's supposed to create these chips because if you like you're not usually supposed to add like an acid or citrus into melted chocolate because it 
um, cause it to seize. It causes it to seize. But this is what this is like a purposeful technique to make these chips. Yeah. And uh, we, we did didn't um, figure that. it out. We didn't figure, figure that out. out. <laughs> but it was when I was reading people talking about the recipe. That was the thing that everybody was like, "Oh, this is actually really cool and innovative." That was mm-hmm. the technique that a lot of people had not heard of before. Was intentionally seizing the chocolate with with the lime and then cracking it. But it was good and it was fun. It is very sweet. The white chocolate is an, an intensely sweet flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was super good. And then we tried an other important thing. Megan and I, well, Megan, Megan, entirely Megan. Megan made Cincinnati chili yesterday. I did. Yeah, it was, well, it was vegetarian. Uh, so um, we used veggie crumbles, which is, uh, you know. So Not as good as meat, probably. <laughs> that's, one, that's one huge qualifier. <laughs> Um, but and we, then, we conquered the mountaintop. We've talked about this for 10 episodes in a row. And yeah. we finally... But you know what? We still don't know what Cincinnati chili tastes like because it turns out Alex and I don't know what chili powder is. So, okay, Reddit. Here's what happened. <laughs> Wait. So we had... Uh, we bought... I bought in college um, a product from Andy's. You guys remember Andy's? Um uh, I had bought it at Andy's. We needed chili powder, and I bought something called Chipotle chili powder, which I thought was chili powder with Chipotle in it, and it was not. It was just crumbled Chipotles, and a powder of Chipotles. And, uh, so we have a newer you know, version. Okay. Do you know how long I didn't realize that? Yeah. Since college. We, we weren't using this stuff from college, by the way. It was, no. We had like some... Uh, but it was a similar product. Same product. Yeah, and, same product. And that is not... I mean, we've we've tried to make chili over the years. We've and it ruined hasn't, so many chilies. Hasn't turned out, and we figured out why. <laughs> and it was always too hot because it'd be like it wants four tablespoons of this. This is oh, so no, hot. Um, <laughs> so we did we did almost story. save it. So I put I put in some of that, and then I kind of realized it, and I looked up the ingredients in actual chili powder, which is mostly like cumin and garlic yeah. powder and stuff, yeah. and tried to balance it out from there, but. Um, it was too hot. Yeah, it didn't. It, it mostly tastes like Chipotle. <laughs> it, but what's crazy uh, about it was realizing not like that's why this chili is bad, but that means we've been ruining chili for 15 years. That's but why like, all here's chili the flip side of bad. that. Are you guys excited to make chili? I, I might not hate chili. I thought I did not yeah. like chili. And I think it's. I was, why would you keep on making chili at all, though? If you well, learned we have it. That's why yeah. the, chili's lasted, the, the powder's lasted 15 <laughs> years. We stopped making chili because it was so bad. We were like, ah, oh, veggie chili is impossible. But it's not. It's just that we had the wrong <laughs> chili powder. It was a. I mean, it, it was. a learning experience. It was a tough emotional moment realizing. Because it was. Alex it was like, had a hard time. With I had this. a really hard time accepting this because it wasn't <laughs> that this one was bad. It was that I'd made this mistake for 15 years. Now. I think yeah. you have to revisit a lot of your life choices. In my at this slight point, defense, in, why would you call it chili yeah. powder if it is not? It, it is, is chili powdered powder. Chili. It's powdered chilies. Yes. Yeah, I, I think a it's, hyphen it's here would be chili, super helpful. It's that chili, the stew, is named perhaps a bit misleadingly mm-hmm. I, that's true that's true i would just say one should be called chipotle chili hyphen powder to mean chili powder with chipotle in it and the other one should be called chipotle chili alex powder. i can't say that many people have this problem you know i, I, I looked it up on the internet on and, and other people have had the problem other people have had this problem <laughs> oysters are a vegetable there are things okay that people <laughs> You know what, though? I will say, usually when I find chipotle powder, it doesn't say chili at all. Perhaps for this very same reason. It just I would, chipotle Yeah, powder. it seems totally reasonable. Yeah. And I can uh, but given that, so our chili was too hot and not very flavorful, and also I do not like it. 
Well, so yeah, so the jury's still out because we didn't make it as as intended. So, yeah, yeah. Also, the chocolate right. adds mostly a bitter note. I wasn't entirely into it. We weren't really sure if the bitterness was coming from. I don't no, know. Anyway, anyway. So, but we tried to make chipotle <laughs> chili. There's a photo of it. It actually looks kind of pretty, even though it's inedible. But there's a really in our on our Instagram, our visual medium. I have to say that the spaghetti helped a little bit to get the. It's <laughs> true. Spicy. Uh, it's true. Actually, so. Yeah. Anyway, those are, that's our tasting notes segment. Those are things that we've eaten this week that are Top Chef related. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts before we go? Yeah, should yeah. we should we talk about the the thing just briefly? Just briefly, uh, I don't want to. Um, I know this feels uncomfortable, but it feels weird to not talk about it. I agree. I agree. So basically, uh, the uh, the controversy is over Padma's decision of hair and clothing during the basketball challenge. Um, her cornrows and white tank top. Uh, were commented on by many as being cultural appropriation. Um, because of the makeup of this show this week, we have no legal opinions. We legally have no opinions. Um, it did seem a little weird to me, and I would love, but but it's it's not up to me. I don't know. It seemed like a weird decision. I, I can say, I can say, in absence of me being able to judge on cultural appropriation, which I think you know, if people are feeling like if people are feeling that, that's legit. Yeah, um, that's my. I can say that. Uh, the least i don't think it's an objective good look um, yeah it's also not a good it's not yeah it's not good and not good a look on her it doesn't seem like it's striking the socially conscious good look either it's just a bad idea because yeah. like yeah. It, it's it's the it's how someone would dress someone else if they didn't know what you wear to a basketball game because the big like on top of being appropriation and not a great look. It's also not how you dress to go see a basketball game. Like, there's <laughs> lots of things you could wear to a basketball game, like a jersey yeah. or a t-shirt. Yeah, but shirt, like shirt, a normal shirt. tank top and like braids is not what you'd like. Say, it's, like I'm going to a basketball game. I gotta get my braids on. And I, if if in the defense could not be, well, this just happened to be at a basketball game. You're reading too much into this because every week she's had hair. Like, she had the bob for the 1920s episode. She had her hair back like a country music person when she was in Nashville, Kentucky. Um, yeah. She clearly is... Be, have it, Her hairdresser, her stylist, is clearly choosing hair that they think is related to the challenge. So this was not an accident, which does make it a very strange choice. I, I uh, yeah. And I saw... One of the tweets that I saw about this, the tweet... It was someone live-tweeting... Uh, top chef and their tweet right before it said in reference to adrian this bitch who's been sick for two weeks straight is talking a lot of trash for someone who just put down the robitussin and that made me laugh <laughs> um i'm glad she's feeling better and nobody has died because of her diseases uh-huh. uh that's probably my happiest thing seeing adrian feeling better i forgot about that um yeah okay so weird ending um but yeah good point also cornrows uh uh, sounds like another name for money. Because like I, I could believe that most words could be <laughs> exactly. For money. If it's a food word, it probably is at some point been a metaphor for money. All right. Well, that's uh, that's the show for this week. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, we will be back with another episode next week. Please f- get us uh, fill up our mailbag, uh, mailbag at packyourmics.com, and also on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, 
So enjoy enjoy that. And uh, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to brag too much, you guys. But Chef Brian did like our first photo. So uh, best person ever at not doing drugs, Brian um, took the time to like a photo as soon as we showed up. So that's kind of neat. Um, uh, I'm gonna actually, if you give me just one second, I'm just gonna send a quick text to Chris. Sorry, bunny. Pack your mics and go. All right, cool. So um, that's taken care of. Thanks for being here, Megan. Yeah. Uh, in PDX, uh, Ezra and occasionally better than Abby, the baby, <laughs> in OAK. Yeah. Uh, and uh, down in LAX, a uh, new Sarah and Kyle. Great talking to you guys. Hey, thanks yeah. so much. Uh, all right. We'll talk to everybody next week. Uh, bye. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.